Welcome to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Here's your host, the Bitcoin Boomer himself, Gary Leland. Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. We've got a great, great episode for you today. We have Charlene Federipo joining us today. She's a co-author with me on a book that I tell you about once in a while and has a book of her own. And we're going to talk about well, Bitcoin, of course. What else would we talk about? You know, things are changing so wild in this world, and boomers have so much of the world's wealth right now. They need to be getting into Bitcoin, I believe, and this show is meant to help Bitcoiners, or help boomers, let me rephrase that, learn about Bitcoin. Now, it's not just for boomers. Anyone can take advantage of the knowledge we're going to share. And we try to share a lot of knowledge with you. You know, the world seems to be going to pot right now. There's fighting in Ukraine and Russia. The inflation rate is like no tomorrow. Have you ever noticed that when you go to the grocery store, it's higher every day? You know, and things aren't higher because they're worth more. They're higher because the dollar's worth less. See, that's the key a lot of people don't realize. That roll of aluminum foil you bought for $3 last week isn't all of a sudden worth $4 because it's better aluminum foil. It's because the dollar is not as good. And that's a point a lot of people don't understand. And that, to me, is one of the benefits that Bitcoin can help you with. It can help you save your money, not only save your money, but keep up with inflation, where there's not many things that are going to be able to do it like Bitcoin can. It's a world-changing technology. And I like to also mention to people, I'm not here to sell you Bitcoin. You won't see any commercials come up about how to buy Bitcoin from me. I am just here to educate you so you know something about Bitcoin. So five years from now, you can't say, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew about Bitcoin. Now, as us today, like I said, we're going to have Charlene Federipo with us. Great guest, great friend of mine. And we are going to go into the basics of Bitcoin with you. But... Before we do that, please take a moment and send out a message to someone with the link to this show. We want other people to see this show, so please share this information. Please help other people learn while you learn. And then next thing you know, Bitcoin, when it takes over the world, you and your friends will be involved. Now, we'll be right back with Charlene in just a moment, right after these words from our sponsor. But like I said, stay there, tell your friends, let's enjoy this show today. You're gonna enjoy Charlene. I always enjoy talking to her, so I know you will. See you in a minute. Okay, guys, this is Gary Leland, the Bitcoin Boomer, and you need to come here if you want to find out what Bitcoin is, if you want to just meet some great people and have a great time, come to Bitblock Boom. But it's one thing, you have to be a Bitcoiner. We don't allow shitcoiners. Last week in August, every year, moving to Austin for 2022. Yeah, I love coming to Bitblock Boom because it's like, it's like Mecca for Bitcoiners. Like, everybody here is like part of the hardcore like inner sanctum. Um, you just have these conversations with everybody where like, you can see it in their eyes that they believe the same things that you believe. If you come to BitBlock Boom once, you're gonna come every year. The speakers are great, the networking is great, because you know, that's really what it's about when you're a, a Bitcoiner, especially when you're a new Bitcoiner, is you wanna network with as many Bitcoiners as you can and learn, because there's so much information, not only about Bitcoin, 
but about money in general. Hey, so I'm down here at BitBlock Boom, and what energy, what a lot of fun. It's all Bitcoiners and uh, just good people. That's the one thing that, that all my interactions that I've had with people, you can tell you're just dealing with a culture of people that just want to make the world a better place. So if you want to come to a Bitcoiner conference, not a crypto conference or a shitcoiner conference, if you want to come to a Bitcoin conference, you would come to Bitblock Boom. But like I said, don't even mess with it. Don't even think about it. Don't even attempt to buy a ticket if you're a shitcoiner because your money's going to come back and you'll just make us both work. But if you're a Bitcoiner, you need to sign up and come to Austin now and come to Bitblock Boom. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. And today's show, as I said earlier, we're going to have Charlene Federipo on the show. But before we bring Charlene on, I do want to tell you about a conference I hold. This is pretty important. If you want to learn about Bitcoin, check out BitBlock Boom. That's at BitBlockBoom.com. It's a conference we hold every year in August in Austin, Texas. That's right, a conference in Texas in August. It's hot as hell, but you're gonna enjoy it if you wanna learn about Bitcoin. So go to bitblockboom.com today and check out our conference there. Now let me bring on Charlene. Charlene, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thanks for having me, Gary. Charlene, you know, we have gotten to become good friends in a short amount of time. And I have enjoyed getting to know you. But before we go on, no one, other people may not know you. So could you give us a little bit of a bio? Sure. Um, so um, hello, hello to the uh, Bitcoin boomer audience. I'm Charlene Federico. I am a career banker. I'm a Bitcoin advocate uh, and also a Bitcoin teacher. Uh, I spent about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years in the traditional financial world. Uh, most recently, I worked at the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. Um, and I run a company called Guidify, and we teach women of color about Bitcoin investing. Um, I'm also a Bitcoin author, and I have two wonderful children, so I'm actively teaching my kids about Bitcoin uh, right now as well. Well, you've got your hands full there for sure. Now, before we go on, something I ask everybody who comes on this show, and it's amazing how different the answers are to this one question. And your question number one is, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is digital money that allows fast, efficient payments around the world. It's the money of the internet. It's the native currency of the internet. And Bitcoin is hope and financial freedom for the world. Now, you, you said hope and financial freedom in the world. Now, one thing I do know from being uh, locked up with you for a week, as we wrote <laughs> our book, as I like to say, is you brought new perspective to me on the unbanked, and generational wealth. And so I want to start with going into those subjects. How does Bitcoin help the unbanked, first of all? Sure. So uh, one of the things I think about a lot is this idea of Bitcoin as a tool for social justice. So um, if you think about the history of this country, the United States, um, there have been many, many communities that have been left out of the ability to build wealth. Um, some because of history, right? We know this country has roots of uh, institutionalized slavery and others because of uh, bank laws that have been discriminatory. Well, 
you know, over time, these communities, particularly black communities and some other communities of color, just have not been able to build wealth over time. But Bitcoin allows a different um, option. Bitcoin allows anybody, anywhere to accumulate wealth over time and to hold the keys to that wealth. So that wealth cannot be confiscated. So that wealth cannot be uh, taken away. Uh, and it's just it's just an incredible um, opportunity for folks to build wealth uh, like they've not had before. One more thing that's important to note, um, <clears throat> folks that are underbanked or unbanked are typically subjected to aspects of our banking systems that are not very fair. Um, in some cases, our credit reporting systems have not been fair. In other cases, our lending systems right here in the United States have not be, been fair to communities of color. Uh, but Bitcoin as a financial ecosystem allows folks to sidestep our traditional banking system and really engage in a system that is more fair and more equitable for all. You know, Jimmy Song was on the show a few weeks ago and he pointed out a fact I didn't know is that uh, per population, a higher percentage of blacks are invested into Bitcoin than whites. And I didn't know that. I thought that was a pretty interesting fact because I think that's one of the biggest opportunities is for um, people who, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to come wrong, but I think there's a lot of people who are unbanked who maybe have been robbed or not done properly, and this is a chance for them to get take advantage of that. Does that sound right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Black and Latino investors are leading the way in terms of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency adoption, largely because there's a significant distrust of the banking industry. Um, you know, you, you don't have to look far to see that there are many, many Wall Street banks that have... Um, treated Black and Latino investors wrong, either through um, higher fees on lending products, through unfair uh, credit products, or just um, um, denying them access to credit or access to loans. Even in the mortgage market, you know, there's data that shows that Black investors uh, take a 10% discount in terms of the value of their homes uh, or black homeowners versus white investors. So all of these factors, they create this, this, um, this undercurrent of distrust, which is encouraging black and Latino investors to find another way to invest their money. And that's why you see these large numbers of investors of color um, going toward Bitcoin, which Bitcoin and crypto. And the other thing that's really interesting, Gary, about this is that many of these folks have never invested before. So they have not invested in the traditional markets like stocks and bonds, but they're new investors and jumping headfirst into crypto, which, I mean, I think it's amazing. Well, I, and I was going to bring up a point I was going to bring up is I think a lot of people who have um, not, no matter what color they are, no, if they do not have a lot of money or they're not making a lot of money, you know, they're at the bottom of the economic ladder, they can't just walk into Ameriprise or Fidelity and say, hey, I want to open up a retirement account and give you $10 a week. It's just not going to happen. But That's now great. Bitcoin changes that. Yeah, it absolutely changes it, it absolutely changes that. You know, if you think about this, even the idea of an accredited investor, those um, the SEC was able to expand that um, that definition, but it still includes your wealthiest segment of America. Um, and that means that so many other people are left out. Right. But if you invest in Bitcoin, you can invest in Bitcoin with as little as a dollar or two dollars a day. You don't have to ask anybody. You don't have to go to a bank uh, teller. You can do it from the comfort of your phone with an Internet. So to me, it is the most accessible financial system that we've ever had in the world. 
Um, and it's just incredible. And I'm so excited that that the underbanked communities and unbanked communities are recognizing that and investing, right? Because this is a new financial asset class. And we all know from any financial market, the earlier you get in is where the value is so that you can enjoy the exponential gains that we do expect uh, for Bitcoin. And I know you you look at these charts. Uh, Gary, I saw a piece of data that came out a couple of weeks ago that's predicting that Bitcoin is going to get to 1 million per Bitcoin in the year 2030. So it's so important for communities of color, for boomers, for low-income folks to jump in comfortably to invest um, so that they can uh, enjoy the appreciating gains that we expect to happen in this uh, economy. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Everybody needs to get into Bitcoin and some people are just scared because they don't understand Bitcoin, which is natural. I mean, it's natural to be concerned with your money that you've worked hard for and you just don't want to throw it away. But I feel if people will start dipping their toes in Bitcoin and place a little bit of their money into Bitcoin, slowly but surely, once they have some skin in the game, they'll start understanding Bitcoin. Now, where do you, because I know you're an education uh, person, yeah. you educate people, where is a good place for people to get Bitcoin, to buy Bitcoin? I know like, let, let everybody know, she's not selling her Bitcoin, she's just gonna give selling. you information. <laughs> I'm not selling, <laughs> so yeah, where would you I'm recommend? Um, yeah, and you know, there are lots of different exchanges out there, but when it comes to folks that are just starting in Bitcoin, I always encourage them to look for the simplest exchange. And in my experience, one of the, the simplest exchanges that you can use to buy Bitcoin in small amounts is Cash App. Most people already have Cash App on their phones. Um, they have done a fabulous job of making Bitcoin easy to buy. And in Cash App and in many other exchanges, you can even do use an option called auto invest, which means you buy a little bit of Bitcoin in the same amounts every week or every uh, month. So you're buying it on a periodic basis. And to Gary's point earlier, a lot of people are scared about Bitcoin because of the volatility, which is the, um, the um, huge swings in price. But if you do something called dollar cost averaging, which is buying a little bit at the same interval over time, you're, ab you're able to smooth out uh, the bumpiness of the price volatility. That's how you get started. You just jump right in, buy a little bit um, in small amounts over time. Uh, and then eventually, as you learn about the space, your conviction will grow and then you will become more confident investing larger amounts. That's it in a nutshell. You know, I told my 72 year old sister, buy $5 worth a month. And now she's still buying and she's so excited. But we'll go over some more information here with Charlene on dollar cost averaging and Bitcoin right after this word from our sponsor. And welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, joined by Charlene Federipo today. Now, Charlene, before we left uh, for the commercial break, we were talking about the Cash App. And I don't want to make this a commercial for the Cash App, but the Cash App is a good tool. And you were right when you mentioned that one. Um, actually, if I go somewhere, like when I was in Bitcoin Miami, uh, which we saw each other there, I made some purchases and the people I bought items from would only accept Bitcoin. They didn't want US dollars. So I would buy my Bitcoin with the Cash App and then send it to them. So uh, I want to get into that though. Uh, into the Cash App a little more, which people can find in their app store, just the Cash App. Do you think that's, um, 
going to change that that product is so easy that it's con it changes people's way of thinking about Bitcoin just by using it and being able to buy and sell so easily or send so easily. Absolutely, Gary. And, you know, I think most people don't realize that Cash App as a payment vehicle has the biggest footprint than any other fintech company in the U.S. and the world. Right. So Cash App has more users um, doing payment transactions than PayPal, than Venmo, than any of these other players. So when Cash App says yes to Bitcoin, you know, you're almost saying the United States and, and hopefully at some point the world is saying yes to Bitcoin. Um, they have masterfully, masterfully um, made Bitcoin um uh, transactions super easy. Uh, they most recently moved to the Lightning Network, which makes it even, makes Bitcoin payments faster, even more efficient. Uh, they recently, again, this is going to sound like a commercial, so I'm just, I'm such a fan of this, this uh, company. Um, they recently allowed uh, employees to be paid in Bitcoin, right? So you can actually use Bitcoin as a long-term retirement asset. Uh, these are all ways that are going to increase adoption and make Bitcoin uh, super, super accessible. What I love, I do a lot of teaching for kids. And what I love in some cases, some of these little kids, 13 years old, they have phones, they already have Cash App on their phones. So Cash App has, has pierced the veil of culture. And so they have an incredible user base that is wide and diverse. And that is how we push Bitcoin um, mass adoption. Now, one thing you just mentioned there is Basically, I'm going to break down into a statement I'm asked a lot by uh, not just boomers, anyone. I'll hear, I already have PayPal, I already have credit cards, I already have uh, Venmo, why do I need Bitcoin? So there's, there's the question, as a boomer, I'm asking you, I have all these payment systems, why do I need Bitcoin? So, so why do you need Bitcoin or why do you need Cash App? No, no, I, I mean, I've got all these tools, I've got uh -huh. PayPal, I've got Venmo, you mentioned those. You know, yeah. why do I need bit? Why do I need Bitcoin? I already so, have payment methods. Know, yeah. So honestly, Bitcoin is the highest performing financial asset in the world. It's it's really important that that it you know we can we should say that so Bitcoin is two things it's the monetary network but it's also the currency right Bitcoin has an annualized return of over two hundred percent I'm a banker right I'm a career investor um, I uh, unlike some Bitcoiners I actually have lots of investments I invest in companies I have real estate and I've been in the capital markets for over fifteen years and when I look at the return profile specifically the return profile of every asset Bitcoin wins. So that's why you should have it in your portfolio. But even bigger, you know, there's a there's a bigger story, right? So there's the return opportunity with Bitcoin, but there's also kind of the monetary revolution opportunity. Because uh, what we didn't talk about, Gary, is that Bitcoin is two things. It's the currency, right? The actual currency, but it's also the global settlement network. And it is that global settlement network that makes Bitcoin incredibly special. It allows Bitcoin to have the transaction volume of a Visa network, of a MasterCard network, and it's global, it's borderless, it is cheap, it is efficient. It allows for people around the world to transact um, country to country, village to village, uh, in a way that just has never happened before. That's why you should have Bitcoin. It's kind of like having a piece of the future of money. Well, I always say that our, actually one of the things that got me interested in Bitcoin was when it was explained to me for the third time, mind you, I missed two much better opportunities uh, as far as price goes, but it was explained to me as an internet protocol. And so that's the thing to me. It's like, if I said to you, Charlene, you could own money 
every time an email was sent, you owned a piece of email, not the different ads, but a piece of email. This is the first protocol that's been like that, and it's the first protocol for money on the internet. Right. I think that's that's a perfect explanation. You know, it's the protocol. It's the financial rails. Right. It's it's kind of it's kind of the track for the ecosystem. It's like having the car on the track and the track at the same time. We've just never had that opportunity to do that before. Um, It's so sometimes it's hard for people to separate that. And that's why it's important. That's why education in this space is so important. It's not just having money. It's having a piece of the the new world financial ecosystem that is being built at this moment, right? So if you're in Bitcoin, you're purchasing Bitcoin, you're building on Bitcoin, or you have a Bitcoin company, you are literally a point of the financial, are part of the financial future of the world, which I think is incredible. Now, another question people ask me all the time, Charlene, is what is it backed by? People really have a hang up on this. They think it has to be backed by gold, like the dollar used to be, and you notice the term there, I said used to be, which many people still don't know that it's not. So what is the, why are people so concerned on that? What is it backed by? Well, you know, you think about your traditional markets, you think mortgage is backed by a piece of real estate, right? So that that frame of reference is very um, comfortable for people because it makes sense. Um, but in a decentralized protocol, you know, Bitcoin is backed by the laws of supply and demand, which I would think that's what we want it to be backed by. Uh, and that's why, you know, I'm just going to go back to this idea of education, right? We're trying to use an uh, old frame of money in this new world. And it doesn't, it just doesn't apply. And that's okay. That's why, you know, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around, um, wrap their heads around Bitcoin. And that's why this show is so important because the more times you hear people talk about Bitcoin from their perspective, talk about the use cases and talk about how they see it, um, the, the better conviction that people can build. Well, now you just mentioned uh, supply, I believe. So what the thing I'm curious about is why do you think they came up with I, I know you nobody knows but why do you think Satoshi when he invented Bitcoin came up with 21 million as a number any number you could have chosen what, what I mean I know you don't really know the answer but have you got any thoughts on that and why is why is it limited to 21 million why can't there be more either one of those I'll let you take yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, that limitation on Bitcoin, the supply limit, that 21 million is the most important part of Bitcoin. That's, this is this, this um, property of scarcity. You know, when we talk, of, usually when we have a conversation about Bitcoin, we start off with a conversation about the properties of money. And um, one of the most beautiful properties of Bitcoin is that it is provably scarce. That scarcity is built into the protocol. There are only 21 million. Um, and if you remember, if you think of the history of Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin was born on the heels of the financial crisis. This was a terrible time in the United States and a terrible time in the world. Many of your viewers might remember, I completely remember 2008. I was actually in graduate school and I was in tears when I watched bankers walk out of Lehman Brothers and um, with boxes because Lehman Brothers had just failed. I had planned to go to Wall Street. 
And um, I had been in banking before business school and I had planned to be an investment banker. I think um, what bit, what the financial crisis did is broke the trust, uh, broke America and the world's trust in um, in banking, in, in humans' ability to make the right decisions. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin was born out of a real uh, sense of frustration with the fact that sometimes humans don't make the right decisions when it comes to, to financial assets. And so that is why we rely on a software protocol that does not have human bias in order to regulate the supply, to lock the supply, uh, in order to create a fair system of money that everyone can be a part of. And that's the key point you just brought up there. This is software. That's all this is. The software that is running the Bitcoin network doesn't care if you're white, doesn't care if you're black, doesn't care if you're male, doesn't care if you're female, doesn't care what part of the planet you live on, doesn't care about anything except doing its job. So um, I think that's an amazing thing that most people don't realize. And the other point you just made about uh, Bitcoin is the amount of supply and people um, that fixed amount. You know, people revert to gold thinking about gold, but gold... They've been mining that stuff for thousands of years and still haven't run out. And now they're talking That's about right. they're talking about satellite. I mean, uh, asteroids coming by now and getting those. So I don't right. know about that gold, but we'll talk more about that right after this word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. Today, joined by Charlene Federipo, and we're having a actually one of my favorite uh, discussions so far on the show. And before you left, though, we were talking, I brought up gold. And, you know, that's crazy about gold. If you think about it, going back into that, I mean, they've been mining this gold forever. I mean, I mean, forever. And now they're talking about asteroids coming by that'll have metals and gold on it and going out and getting those. And we haven't even started mining the bottom of the oceans for gold. You know, I'm sure there's just as much under the dirt, under the water as there is under the dirt, under the mountains. So uh, this, this gold being the thing to hold doesn't seem to be quite the thing to me. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people, because they, people think of gold as hard money, right? But again, if we, you have to kind of go back to the basics, the fundamentals. What are the properties of money? A part of uh, one of the most important properties of money is uh, portability. Uh, and the ability to move across time and space. I don't know about you, but I'm not carrying big bags of gold <laughs> if I want to travel for vacation. And that is where gold falls short. And to your point about they're finding gold, yeah, we think gold is scarce, but they're mining oceans, they're mining volcanoes, I mean, all kinds of places and finding gold. So, you know, it really, uh, if you look at the fundamental properties of money, gold, gold falls short. Uh, and, and gold actually was okay until we found something better, which is Bitcoin. Right. You have to kind of, you know, figure out, well, why did you go to gold? Because kind of the U.S. dollar was losing value. OK, but the, the goal is not perfect. And we've never had a perfect hard money until now. You know, speaking of the portability of gold and silver, um, which takes up more space, so it would be more of it you'd have to hold on to. It reminds me of a story of a friend of mine that you know, and I'm not going to bring up his name, but he lives in Florida, and a hurricane <laughs> came. And when this hurricane came, he would not leave his home because he was scared that his vault or his safe would be the only thing left of his house, and it was filled with gold and silver. And he could not get it all in his car because of the weight. 
So it kind of shows you uh, that since then, he sold all his gold and silver and is now into Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin is the future of money to me. It is the future gold. You know, the gold standard was invented by Isaac Newton. You know, the same person that came up with gravity. So this is kind of an old idea. And I think okay. it's time for people to get into a newer idea and move into something that works on the internet. So unless the world is able to shut down the internet, well, you just can't shut Bitcoin down. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely right. And that, again, that is the beauty. Like, it, you know, it's a they have rules with no rulers, right? Bitcoin doesn't have a CEO, doesn't have a head of marketing. It doesn't have someone that we need to get angry about um, or if they make a bad tweet. Um, that the stock goes down. That is the beauty of Bitcoin. It is decentralized, which means that we all have a part in it and we all can benefit from the appreciation of this asset. That's right. There is no main office. There is not, hey, let's go to the main office of Bitcoin and uh, shut it that's down. You just, there isn't one. And that's, that's a beautiful part. You know, you know, I think Bitcoin actually challenges the way we've been brought up and taught about money. The way we've been interacting with money, you know, Bitcoin encourages you to be your own bank, right? We have an incredible level of trust in institutions that in some cases have failed us time and time again. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to rethink um, how we build our wealth, how we store our wealth, who we entrust with our wealth, and even more importantly, how we live our lives. So one of the questions I have that I get asked about by boomers especially, and I don't know why they want to know the answer to this question. So I'm going to bring it with you and then give them my answer to you. What okay. is Bitcoin mining? People ask that all the time. Um, oh. what, what do you, what do, how would you answer that question if anyone asked you that you were telling about Bitcoin? Yeah, so Bitcoin mining is, is one of the special properties of Bitcoin. It allows, it is the way we secure the network. It's also the way that Bitcoin transactions are validated. Bitcoin miners are a collection of very powerful computers that are working hard to solve problems. And when they solve that problem, they get what's called a block reward, which is Bitcoin. So all of these computer, all of these uh, computers work together to solve problems that unlock Bitcoin into the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, mining is actually one of the coolest part of Bitcoin. Uh, and, you know, miners aren't people. They're just computers, but they're super, super, super powerful computers um, that do what's called proof of work to uh, unlock Bitcoin on the Bitcoin blockchain. And uh, actually, when Bitcoin first came around, you could use a laptop to uh, mine Bitcoin. That's right. And then you could use a video like game. Like a GPU, like a video game card yeah, to mine Bitcoin. But now, right. they're, now there are computers made just to mine Bitcoin with, and that's all they can do. If that's they cool. become want to do anything else with them, they just throw them away. There's nothing else you can do. And if you've been to a mining farm, these are the size of football fields just filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of these machines. You know, that's what made my wife a believer that Bitcoin was here to stay. When she saw the amount of money invested into mining Bitcoin, these aren't people in their basements. These are major no. corporations mining Bitcoin. Absolutely. And so and many of these mining companies, so not only do they have these 
huge industrial grade mining farms, they're actually taking Bitcoin and putting it on their balance sheets as companies. So that is the way, you know, you know, they have doubled down. Right. So they're producing Bitcoin as their main product, but they're also buying Bitcoin and putting it as kind of a global reserve for their company treasury. Uh, companies like Riot, Bitcoin, uh, Riot Blockchain, Galaxy Digital, oh my goodness, Barefoot Mining, Compass Mining. There's so many of these wonderful companies that are uh, popping up. And again, they're helping everybody because they are securing the network. And the, you know, now I was talking to someone the other day from a company, I won't say the company that's mining Bitcoin, and they are no longer selling their Bitcoin. They were mining Bitcoin, which is a costly endeavor, and then selling that Bitcoin to pay off their bills. Now they're holding their Bitcoin. And to me, that kind of suggests that they might think there's a reason to hold on to it, which might be a price increase. I don't know. So like I said, I'm not a financial advisor, but if I hear the people who are mining Bitcoin or keeping their Bitcoin, I'm going to think twice maybe. Well, I never sell mine anyway. I was going to say think twice about selling it, but I never sell it anyway. So there's nothing new to think about there. Now, I think but it, it is interesting to see how the big players are moving. And it's definitely a data point that people should pay attention to and think about. You know, one of the things I say to people when they when people ask me what is mining and want me to explain mining, one of the things I finish it up with is uh, this question, this statement. And I make this statement because they want to understand how it works. They think they need to understand how Bitcoin works before they can invest or be a part of Bitcoin. So I'll suggest to them, say, well, do you understand everything about how email works? Mm -hmm. And then they'll kind of look at me, I'll say, because it's an internet protocol too, and you don't seem to have any problems using that internet protocol without knowing how it works. I have no idea how email works, nor do I care. All I know is I send the email, it gets there. Now, Bitcoin's been out 12 years now, it's proven that it works. So it doesn't matter how it works, it works. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, do we know how our toilets work? Some people do. Microwaves, all of these uh, systems that we entrust our lives to, heating systems, HVAC. You know, in many cases, there's a level of trust that goes into those systems. And to your point, Gary, we should at least consider applying that same level of trust to Bitcoin as we grow in our education and our conviction. Um so, well, neither I, one of us are, are recommending people dive all in and put your life savings into Bitcoin. You know, I always say that if you come home at night and you do have investments and you come home at night and you look at your portfolio for the night and you see you're down half a percent, you don't start crying and falling on the floor. You go, oh, well. So if you put a little bit into it, you might be pleasantly surprised and your downside is very little. I don't think anyone's ever bought Bitcoin and said, oh my gosh, I expect it to be worth a million dollars tomorrow. But it's a yeah. slow wheel that keeps turning. Yeah, and I, I think that long-term view is so important. And when we say long-term in Bitcoin, we're not talking about one to three years. We're talking about five, maybe 10 years, kind of re retirement view uh, long-term. And, and, it, and it's really important for us, to, for us to say that out loud because there are a lot of people that conflate the term Bitcoin with crypto and they're completely different. People that jump into crypto are usually trying to get rich quick 
They, some, in some cases, they make bad financial decisions, um, and many of those decisions are not informed. In the Bitcoin space, we focus on kind of gathering information, and we focus on the future. This is a long-term financial asset. This is a long-term play, uh, and you want to think about um, think about kind of well, the, I'm going to cut you off. We have a hard break. We'll pick that up in a minute. Hello, and welcome back to the Bitcoin from Boomer Show. I'm Gary Leland. Today, joined by Charlene Federipo, my good friend and co-author. Now, before I cut you off so rudely in that last section there, we were talking about long-term versus short-term uh, play in Bitcoin. So I'm going to let you get back on that horse. Yeah, thank you, Gary. I just wanted to make the point that as we think about uh, how Bitcoin fits into our financial plan, you know, Bitcoin is a long-term financial asset. And when we say long-term, we're not talking about one to three years. It's five plus years. We're talking 10 years. So think of Bitcoin as a retirement asset. And I think that will help people uh, put this investment in perspective uh, for their long-term uh, financial goals. Now, before we started the show today, you and I were talking a little bit before the show started, and you told me about a prediction for Bitcoin in 2030, I think you uh, had read. What was that? That's right. Yeah, so ARK Invest. So we know uh, Kathy Wood. Uh, Kathy Wood is a renowned innovation investor. She has a, uh, a tech investment uh, company called ARK Invest, and they have predicted that Bitcoin is going to be at $1 million per coin by the year 2030. And she has had a good track record. She picked Tesla when no one was picking Tesla and picked what price it would get to, and it got there. So she's Amazing a smart cookie there. Now, a lot of people exactly. also come up to me and go, you know, I, I, I'm interested in Bitcoin, Gary. I like what you're saying. I can, I can kind of understand the stuff, but gosh, I just kind of missed a boat. I wish I would got in at like 50 cents or a dollar, but now it's $40,000. I kind of missed the boat. And you say... I say, you know what? So remember, Bitcoin is a financial ecosystem for the world. We have about 8 billion people in the world. So I would say by that uh, perspective, it is still so early. Probably only 5% of the world even knows or uses Bitcoin. So remember that we're not talking about the U.S. We're not talking about a state. We're talking about the entire world using this entire financial ecosystem. So if you're just moving into Bitcoin right now, you are right on time. So jump right in and don't be afraid. I think actually if you're moving into Bitcoin right now, you will be looked at in the future still as an early adopter. People exactly. will say, wow, you got in under 100000 or under 50000 or whatever. You know, I don't think anyone's ever bought Bitcoin ever in the history of Bitcoin and said, wow, this was the best time to buy. The people who bought at $100 said, man, I could have gotten this at a nickel. The people who bought at $1,000 said, I could have gotten this at 100 And the people who are now buying at 40000 were they're saying the same thing. But no one ever said, oh, my gosh, it's the highest it's ever been. Let me get some of this. This is the best time ever. That just doesn't happen. That's right. And, and such a weird thing that happens with the human psyche. We always want to buy when the price is high. Like, and then we start complaining when the price is low. Well, you should be celebrating when the price is low because that means Bitcoin is on sale. Like right now, today, we're in the 40s, uh, 40,000s. You should be buying. 
you know, if you're interested in Bitcoin, this is a great time to consider buying because again, Bitcoin is on sale. Last year we had our all-time high. Remember, I remember that time. Um, there is reason to believe that, uh, like we said, uh, according to Kathy Wood's prediction, um, we have a little ways before 2030, but Bitcoin will continue. Uh, data shows Bitcoin will continue to appreciate over time. I always tell my wife that she always wants to buy high and sell low, but luckily I'm around because it doesn't get sold at all. So luckily for her, she's not in charge luckily, of the Bitcoin. <laughs> luckily you are around, Gary. Now, I want to go over your new book that you've written. It's such a cute book. You gave me a copy when we were having dinner in D.C. Uh, Sadie's Satoshi's. Um, tell us about that book and where people can get it at and just all the information. Yeah, so Sade Satoshi's is a book that I wrote kind of um, to tell the story of Bitcoin for children. So I have an eight-year-old little boy and a three-year-old little girl. And again, like I said earlier, I'm actively teaching my kids about Bitcoin. Kids learn by stories. And I've written this amazing little story about how a little girl named Sade decides to use Bitcoin to buy groceries with her grandmother. Now, the setting of the bit, the story is in Nigeria because you know I really want to, to, to drive home this idea that Bitcoin is not a U.S. currency is not a, I don't know, German currency. It's a global currency that is really useful around the world. Um, so I wrote the book. I partnered with this amazing Nigerian um, artist uh, that I paid him in Bitcoin uh, when we uh, when he did the uh, images. And but most importantly, in the back of the book, it's called the Bitcoin Family Pack. So if you're completely new to Bitcoin, uh, there are Bitcoin definitions, there are best practices, there are some Q&A of the Bitcoin basics. What is a Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin mining? And um, what I really wanted to create is a tool for parents to teach themselves, but to also teach their kids about Bitcoin. Well, it's a great book and it has great artwork that the uh, artist has done for you. But also we want to go over another book. You and I became friends, like basically living in a house with eight people for a week in Austin as we wrote uh, the book, Bitcoin and the American Dream. So tell us about uh, that from your perspective, Bitcoin and the American Dream. You know, Bitcoin and the American Dream book was just a real joy to be a part of. So, of course, this book is our primer for elected leaders so that they can be more informed about Bitcoin. Essentially, in this book, in about a couple hundred pages, we made the case for the promise and potential for Bitcoin for America. Um, what's so special about Bitcoin and the American Dream is that it brought together um, the beauty of America. We had conservatives, libertarians, Democrats, uh, folks that were black, white, um, Asian, young, old. Um, it was really kind of United Nations coming together to really speak about how Bitcoin is good for America. Um, I believe it's a really powerful read for anyone trying to understand uh, what Bitcoin is, but most importantly, what Bitcoin can do. Uh, so I was excited to be a part of it. It The experience changed my life, Gary. That sounds really corny, um, but it really is a testament to the power of this one monetary technology and allowing people to find common ground on things that we can agree on, like the importance of independence, the importance of freedom, the importance of equality, um, the importance of self-sovereignty. These are all, these are the fundamental tenets of Bitcoin. And that's what we tried to reflect in this book. 
Well, and I think you're right. It was life-changing. Living with eight people basically for a week would have a tendency to do that. And actually, yeah. I think we've all made great friends that we will know for for a lifetime. And people can buy that book at bitcoinandtheamericandream.com if they're interested. Before we go, tell people where they can follow you, uh, uh, your website, any anything you want to wrap up with. we got about two minutes here. Absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter on at Char Federico. Um, I have a great newsletter that I just started called the Bitcoin Strategist, where we try to talk about the financial coaching and financial planning aspects of Bitcoin. So if you're interested in that, please check me out there. If you are interested in finding out about Sade's Satoshis, you can go to my website, Sade'sSatoshis.com. Uh, the book is also available on Amazon.com. Just search Sade's Satoshis and you can buy it there. Um, and uh, I also have a website uh, with my name, which is CharleneFederapo.com. That's where you can find out more about my background and some of the other amazing things that I am doing in the Bitcoin space. Now, before we get out of here, there is one more thing I want to mention and I want you to tell me about. I saw the other day that you were included in the Women of Bitcoin on Time Magazine's website. Tell us about that. That's, that's pretty cool. But I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I appreciate that. So what Time wanted to do, so Time has a partnership with Next Advisor, which is um, kind of a financial planning part of Time Magazine. They really wanted to kind of uh, highlight uh, women around the world that were actually doing things in the Bitcoin and crypto space. And so I was thrilled when they asked me to kind of speak about my work, educating women of color about Bitcoin investing, um, you know, my children's book. And I think it's just a testament to the fact that, you know, remember, Bitcoin represents a financial ecosystem for the world. So representation is so important. So I, you know, kudos to Time Magazine and Next Advisor for taking the time to highlight me and five other incredible women in the space. Um, I'd be happy to, to share that article, but, you know, I, the profiles were great. You just learned about folks that are innovating um, all across this new uh, digital asset ecosystem. And I, and I hope that this will continue to encourage more women and more people of color to, to be a part of this ecosystem because we need them and we need their voices. Well, couldn't be said any better. Well, Charlene, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Bitcoin for Boomer show. We've brought some, we've talked about some subjects we haven't talked about on any of the episodes before. And I'm glad to have you as a friend and as a guest on the show and tell your husband and kids I said hello. And uh, I look forward to seeing you as I have my uh, daughter move up to DC. So I look forward to seeing you up there. Absolutely, Gary. Thanks so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. And we'll be right back after this short word from our sponsors. See you on the flip-flop. And welcome back to the Bitcoin for Boomers show. I hope you've enjoyed our show today with Charlene. Charlene is a smart, smart person. Now, a point was just brought up to me. You know, usually we have people who were not into financial uh, products before they got into Bitcoin. I think this is the first time we've had a banker that actually she worked for the Fed that moved into Bitcoin. So it gives you a different perspective on Bitcoin than maybe having someone who did another type of business and moved into Bitcoin. So hopefully that her perspective was pretty good for you. I do want to tell you about a few things that we have coming up. Of course, in Dallas, at the end of every month, we have 
BitBlock Barbecue. That's right, BitBlock Barbecue. If you live in Dallas, Fort Worth, you need to check out BitBlockBarbecue.com and join us. And uh, usually we have about 50 Bitcoiners there. If you live in an area and you're a Bitcoiner and there's no barbecue going on, start your own barbecue, monthly barbecue, and get your Bitcoin friends together. I also want to make sure you know to, as I said earlier, share this show with your friends. Tell them about it. Uh, share the link with them maybe, but let's get this show out there and get people, help increase people's knowledge about Bitcoin. As I said earlier, that's the whole reason I do this show, is just to give out knowledge and bring on people who can help give out better knowledge than I can give out. It's a, a work of, uh, uh, that, that I love doing, is helping people find out about Bitcoin. It's amazing how people call me up after they've been into Bitcoin two, three years and thank me over and over. Uh, for introducing them to Bitcoin. And that's the way I want you to feel. I know I may never hear from you, but I want you to understand Bitcoin enough that you feel comfortable enough to invest a little. And then in a couple of years, you're so amazed at what has happened. So Bitcoin, I say this every week, but it's true. It's gonna be world changing. It's gonna change everything as we know it today. And you can get on board or you can wish you were on board. That's how I look at it. Um, I could be wrong, anything's possible, but I believe that the people who get on board are gonna be rewarded in magnitudes they never imagined. I don't think the numbers that Charlene was saying on the show are out of uh, line. I just sometimes wish I was much younger to enjoy it more than I'm gonna be able to at the age of 67. But I wanna thank you for watching the Bitcoin for Boomer show today. Please join us next week. Uh, when we have another great episode and talk about Bitcoin some more. And if you have any questions, please send them to me. I'd be happy to answer them on the show. Send them to GaryLeland at gmail.com. That's GaryLeland at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer your questions on the show. So till next week, have a good one. See you then.